0: Welcome to Hydrant Online. My name is Miranda, and I'm one of the pastors here at Hydrant. And I am so excited that you chose to join us for worship. We are going to start a two-part series this week, and really, the sermon series title is the answer to the question, "How are you?" It's the answer that most of us tend to give. And uh, if I'm being honest, the answer I tend to give when people ask how I'm doing is, "Oh, it's fine. I'm fine." everything is fine when in reality things aren't always fine and a friend of mine actually began to start challenging me on that because he noticed that I would say it's fine or I'm fine anytime anybody would ask how are you he would say are you fine as in feelings intentionally not expressed or is everything really okay is everything good And as he began to push back on that, I realized that I was putting up a wall, that I was putting up a front, that I would say things were fine when really everything was falling apart. And so I began to realize that sometimes it's okay to say things are not fine. It's okay to feel that. It's okay to say, no, you know what, I'm not okay right now. And one of the things I love about Hydrant is that Hydrant is a place where it's okay to not be okay. But I think as Christians, we should seek to create and to cultivate a safe environment where people feel like they can say, you know, I'm not okay. You see, I think that it's so important for the church to acknowledge and address and seek to understand mental health. It's real and it's prevalent. I was doing some research, and I found um, a couple of statistics that I wanted to share. So general anxiety and depression, or clinical anxiety and depression, affects 6.8 million adults, or roughly 3.1% of the U.S. population, yet only 43.2% of that 6 million are receiving treatment. The leading cause of disability in the United States for ages 15 to 44 is general anxiety and depression. You see, mental health is such a crucial topic that the church should be involved in. Why should the church be involved? Because scripture clearly tells us that we are created as a whole person. We are created as body, mind, soul, and spirit, all that are supposed to be in harmony with one another and with God. And when we struggle in one area, so for instance, our mind, other areas tend to start to struggle as well. And so we need to tend to these specific areas in order to to live in this harmony that we were created to live in in the first place. And so while I am not a licensed professional, and I'm not a licensed therapist, I cannot diagnose you with anxiety, I cannot diagnose you with depression, I can, however, tell you from firsthand experience that suffering With and working through anxiety and depression has a major impact on your life. I've been in counseling and and really just recently stopped going to counseling uh, to work through my anxiety and depression. And I know that this specific time of year, holiday season coming up, uh, tends to heighten those feelings those emotions that fear that baggage that tends to to be attached to anxiety and depression I get it and especially with COVID-19 still prevalent even though people aren't traveling and and not traveling as much that still doesn't mean that those holiday emotions and, and anxieties and fears aren't there You know, in fact, the CDC said that this year the numbers of people reporting instances of anxiety and depression have significantly increased. And so I think it's important now more than ever that we as the church seek to understand anxiety and depression and what scripture says about it. Now, like I said, I'm not a professional, but I do believe that there is a difference between clinical anxiety and depression and, and everyday sadness and everyday anxieties. Now, clinical depression and anxiety is something that will be diagnosed by a therapist, and, and oftentimes we'll, we'll have treatment, we'll have therapy sessions, some even um, have medical treatments but I want to focus on everyday anxieties and everyday sadness that we may come in contact with. You see, there's a difference between having a panic attack where you feel like you can't breathe and there's an elephant sitting on your chest and forgetting where you put your keys. Clinical depression and anxiety are are chemical imbalances, but I believe everyday anxiety and sadness are peace stealers. There's a definition when we, when we can look at everyday anxieties to kind of see what we would, what would, what would classify. And everyday anxieties exist when the problems around us overwhelm the peace within us. So when you do a quick search in scripture for uh, verses that talk about anxiety, Philippians 4 comes up and it says, Do not be anxious about anything well, that's it, right? That's it, done. Don't be anxious about anything. I wish it were that simple. You see, I think that this piece of scripture, when we put it into the context of the verses around it, actually shows us a pathway and actually outlines a way for us to deal and to acknowledge and to work through our everyday anxieties. Now, I'm going to read in Philippians chapter 4, We're going to read verses 4 through 7. And it says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, you see, I don't believe that Scripture is in any random order. I believe that there is a purpose for the placement. And so when we look at this section of Scripture, I believe that we can break it down into four parts, or really, if you want to get catchy, the four Ps. (laughs) Praise Presence, present, and peace. You see, chapter chapter 4, verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. So that's praise. We have to start with praise. We are called to give praise regardless of how we feel, regardless of the situation around us. You see, Paul, who is the writer of Philippians, his joy was not based on sunshine and optimism. The dude was thrown in jail. (laughs) Really, it was based on confidence that God was and he is and remains in control. You see, in Luke chapter 19, verses 39 through 40, we find Jesus telling the Pharisees that if the disciples are quiet, even the rocks will cry out. What he's saying is that God will be praised he will get the glory no matter what even if his disciples are silenced the earth will cry out because he is worthy to be praised see i know i know that it's hard to praise in the middle of your storm i know that oftentimes that's the last thing we want to do when we have we when we are anxious when we have fears when we have baggage the last thing we tend to want to do is praise god for that but what if what if changing our mental state and changing our mind shift just started with praising God for who He is? Praising God for His goodness, for His grace, for His mercy that is fresh and new each morning. What if? The next P in, in those four is presence. You see, I love, I love, love, love the, the placement of this verse. You see, if you were to look at it, the phrase, the verse, the Lord is at hand, or some, some translations say the Lord is near, is smack dab in the middle of this section of Scripture. For me, it's a reminder that, that God is in the middle of our mess. God is in the middle of our anxiety attack. God is in the middle of our depression. God is in the middle of our worries, of our fears, of our baggage, of our shame, of our guilt. God is in the middle. I love music. Anybody that knows me knows that I love music and, and God often speaks to me through lyrics of songs and there's one in particular, Brian and Katie Torrell and the song is Prophesy Your Promise and, and the lyric sets, says this, it says, you set a table in the middle of my war. You knew the outcome of it all. This, this lyric is based off of a verse in, in Psalm and it says the same thing and what I love about it is how finite the verse is. It says the Lord is near, period. He sets a table in the middle of your mess, in the middle of your war. And I i don't know, for me, God's table kind of looks like what a Thanksgiving table looks like. It's this huge spread of, of turkey and mashed potatoes and mac and cheese and, and all these different things and all sorts of vegetables. Like God just sets this huge table in the middle of my mess and welcomes me to sit with him. Now, oftentimes it's hard to do. It's hard to to see God in the middle of our mess, in the middle of our our, our anxiety attack, our fears. But God is right there. He he says, hey, take a break. Let me me fight your battle. Let me worry about the war. You come and sit with me. Come and be with me. Come come and, and, and just spend some time with me. His presence is in the center of it all. The next piece that that we see, the next P on that list is present. Now we see here it says, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, some translations say supplication, and with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. You see, the, the thing about this particular piece of scripture is the, the do not be anxious, it's not just a, a, a fleeting thought. It's not just a like, a, oh, you shouldn't be anxious. It's more of a commandment of do not be anxious about anything. Now listen, trust me, I know that that's easier said than done. I, I I get it. I am with you. There have been plenty of times where where for me it's been so easy to worry. It's been it's been far easier to carry around that emotional baggage than it is to just give it to God and lay it down and not pick it back up. You see, I tend to be kind of a control freak in that aspect. There are some times if if I'm truly honest that I, I think that, yeah God, like you can work, you can do this, I believe in you, but but I'm gonna try it this way while you're still doing your thing. <laughs> and can I tell you friends, that that hardly ever works if it ever works? To be honest, it doesn't. <laughs> when I surrender fully to God and say, God, okay, I'm going to give you this, I'm going to give you my worries, I'm going to give you my fear, I'm going to give you my baggage. My mental state begins to shift because it's a load that has been lifted off of me that God says that He will carry. And I get to I get to take his his yoke, which is light, way lighter than mine. God is there, He is with us. You see, Paul clearly shows us that there is no place in our lives that can't be the subject of prayer. Because he says, in everything, pray. Friends, God cares about it all. And he wants you to bring your prayers to him. The next part says, prayer and supplication or prayer and petition, depending on your your translation. And like we, we say here at Hydra, prayer is a conversation with God. Prayer is, there's no fancy language that needs to, to be said. There's no, there's nothing fancy, but there, it's just you and God having a conversation. I love it in the Old Testament. It, it says that Moses had a conversation with God as one does with a friend. And so for prayer, it's, it, it's having that conversation with God. And petition or supplication is the act of asking for something. You know, I have this thing that I do when I pray is I, I love to give God his glory very first and foremost before I ask for anything because I realize that he is worthy to be praised, and I love that that is the first thing, like we said in this section of scripture, is we praise him for who he is, and, and then we get to asking. We give God his glory and his due, which he, he is worthy of, and then we can begin to ask. But I love the fact that it is in scripture that we can ask God for things presenting our requests to God. You see, God already knows our prayers, and God already knows the desires of our hearts, but he invites us to something deeper. He invites us into a deeper relationship with him by telling him our prayers. And then the second part is with thanksgiving. You see, this part is a heart matter. We must make sure that our hearts are pure in intentions and we, that we're not seeking prayers of, of, out of selfish ambition. You know, it talks about it in James, of making sure that our motives are pure and that we, we are not seeking anything out of selfish ambition, that, that when we ask for something, it is pure in, in thought. So we've walked through the first three of the four P's that are praise, presence, and present. Now that fourth one is peace. The peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And the peace of God, that first part, You see, the Bible describes three great aspects of peace that relate to God. Peace from God. So Paul continually uses this as an introduction to his letters. He says, "May may peace from God. It reminds us that our peace comes to us as a gift from God. Peace with God is the second one. This describes a relationship that we enter into with God through the finished work of Jesus Christ. And then the third one is the peace of God which is found in this section. This is the this is the peace that is beyond all mind, that is beyond our power of thinking, which it, it talks about in that very next section of which transcends or which surpasses all understanding. You see it's not that God's peace is senseless. It's it, it's just beyond our ability to comprehend and to explain. In fact, I believe that that God's peace is something that we have to experience. A peace that will overwhelm your heart, your body, your mind, and your soul that just completely takes over. And then that last little section, guard your hearts and minds. You see, the word guard here implies almost a militaristic type of action, right? This is something that the peace of God does for us. God's peace is at work against our fears, our anxieties, our sadness, those everyday anxieties. Like God's peace is battling on our behalf. In Proverbs chapter four, it says, guard your heart because everything you do flows from it. I think that, that guarding our hearts and our minds can be applied as well. That God's peace will come in, will invade every ounce of our being and guard our hearts, our minds, our bodies, our souls. Because as we said earlier, we are created as whole people. I love to think of that as kind of a, of a wheel with spokes. You see, if all of the spokes on the wheel are tight, the wheel is rolling as it should. The wheel is, is doing what it was created to do. But if one of those spokes gets a little loose, you may not notice it in the beginning. You're, the wheel may be a little wobbly, but nothing you can't manage. But then over time, if you don't address it, it starts to, to get a little more loose a little more loose and a little more loose until your wheel is wobbling all over the place and and you can't get control. And then that will start affecting how other spokes on that wheel are. And so with all of that being said, now what? Now what do I do that I have, we've walked through the scripture that I have these four Ps that I can put into place. What now? The goal of taking care of our mental health is to return back to a state of wholeness that we were created in. The goal is to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to our whole selves, including those emotions we want to hide, the fear, the shame, the guilt, the baggage, the anxiety those things that lead to our anxiety and our depression, of allowing the Spirit to speak into those and speak to those in a way that we know can only come from God, with a peace that can only come from God. You see, in Matthew chapter 22, Jesus gives us the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. We can't love God with all of us if we're not taking care of one of the major components of that commandment, which is our mind. What good, honestly, would we be to the kingdom if we aren't being good and taking care of ourselves? You see, victory in one area will lead to victory in other areas. It's important to take care of our mental health. Because like we said, it's like those spokes on the wheel. When one gets loose, all of the others start to be affected. But when we focus and tighten up that one loose spoke and all the others are, are tightened as well, man, that wheel is doing exactly what it was created to do. And so, like we said earlier, there's a huge difference between clinical anxiety and depression and everyday anxieties and sadness. I do want to, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say if, if you think that you are, are struggling or that you may have some clinical anxiety or depression or some symptoms, please go talk to someone. I can guarantee you that will be one of the best things that you could ever do. But for those everyday anxieties that we come across, I challenge you to practice the four Ps of praise. And then remember that God's presence is in the middle of it. Present your request to God and then his peace, let his peace overwhelm you in such a powerful way that it begins to guard your heart and your mind from all of these fears and worries and baggage that the world and the enemy will try to attack you with. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this day. God, we thank you just for who you are and for the many blessings that you give us. Even though we couldn't earn them, and we definitely don't deserve them, we still, you still freely give them. And so, God, before we ask anything, we say thank you. We give you honor and glory and praise for who you are. God, we thank you that your presence is in the middle of our mess, in the middle of our war. You set a table, God. God, we thank you that you allow us to present our request to you with a cheerful and a pure heart. God, and then we thank you for your peace that surpasses all understanding, that will help and guard our hearts and our minds against the attacks of the evil one. Father, we are forever thankful for that. Uh, Would you be with us in the weeks and the months to come as the holiday season quickly approaches? Would you remind us that, that your peace is greater? That when these everyday anxieties and sadness come, Lord, that we can turn to you, our creator, and find peace so that we may return to wholeness, to oneness, that we were created and designed to be in. Father, we give you all the honor and all the glory and all the praise, because you deserve that and so much more. So we say thank you and we love you, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen.